Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Patrice Caligui, Executive Director of Emergency Service at Stanford Healthcare, and Dr. Sam Shen, a Vice Chair for Clinical Operations and Quality and Professor of Emergency Medicine at Stanford Medicine. Dr. Shen, Patrice, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Now, I know before we dive into my questions, I would love to have both of you just briefly introduce yourselves and um, tell us a little bit about your background before we dive into the media part of the discussion. So, um, Dr. Shen, we'll start with you. Great. Um, hello, everyone. I'm uh, Dr. Sam Shen. I'm an emergency physician by training, and um, I also oversee the clinical operations um, and provide medical direction on the uh, physician side for our emergency department. Um, I also uh, help uh, lead our digital health and innovation strategy uh, for our emergency department. Thank you so much. And Patrice, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your responsibilities at Stanford? Uh, certainly. Hi, I'm Patrice Callagy, and I'm the Executive Director of Emergency Services. I've been at Stanford um, for uh, most of my career, and I oversee the nursing operations within the pediatric adult ED our clinical decision unit, and now and after hours clinic. Um, and I always look forward to uh, innovation. Currently, that would be um, AI, but um, have participated in many past innovations within our emergency department. Oh, fantastic. And I'm excited to dive into this discussion with you both because I know there's a lot happening, and particularly at Stanford, just a real hub for kind of digital technologies and innovation in ways to deliver care better. So um, without any further ado, uh, I'd love Dr. Shen and Patrice, if you could talk through some of the opportunities that you're seeing um, really today is what is most exciting to you about innovation and care delivery, and then to, you know, any headwinds that you have your eye on right now? Uh, sure. That's a great question. Um, I'll start by saying, you know, the uh, COVID pandemic really created an opportunity uh, to utilize some of the tools of digital health. And specifically, one of the tools that um, we have leveraged at Stanford is telemedicine. Um, certainly during the pandemic, when everyone was uh, concerned about um, infection, infection prevention, and uh, personal protective equipment, um, we saw a huge adoption in telemedicine where patients can continue to be seen by the providers uh, remotely uh, and virtually. And, you know, we saw a huge uptick um, where, um, you know, 70, 80 percent of the visits at one point were uh, outpatient clinics um, visits were by video. Uh, we continue to leverage that uh, adoption in our emergency department um, where um, we were able to put together a virtual uh, fast track so and uh, see low acuity patients in our emergency department uh, via telemedicine. Uh, and that served a couple functions. One was to um, increase the uh, throughput and patient flow uh, for low acuity, um, but it also, you know, created additional uh, capacity out of our lobby waiting area uh, for patients that might otherwise um, be waiting for a regular uh, bed in our ED. 
And so that was just one example of kind of leveraging uh, technology. And post-pandemic, we've continued to uh, use that as as a way to see, again, acuity patients. Absolutely. That is a great point. It definitely sounds uh, like a really useful way to to use the technology. Patrice, what have you been seeing? Uh, similarly, I think I believe that using telehealth is a platform that is, is here to stay and just can advance uh, rapidly. Um, we mentioned I mentioned earlier that we now are running an after-hours clinic because there's high demand and it, this prevents patients with low acuities from coming to the emergency department. Um, there is such a demand that at, at this point, we also um, have an adjunct of telehealth. So if the patient is there, um, we suggest they will see the either the physician on site or they can go through telehealth and be seen that way. As a drop-in clinic, there tends to be more of a wait than appointment-based, and often the patients will select a telehealth visit, um, which provides the same type of care and treatment. Got it. That sounds really useful and definitely something that makes operations and, and access to um, care, you know, makes a lot make a lot more sense and more available to patients, which is great. Now, I know Stanford Medicine is definitely a place that, as you were talking through, has a lot of innovations and is thinking about growth. So what does that look like for both of you, especially thinking through some of the emergency outpatient services? And how do you add value to the organization overall? Yeah, in keeping with the uh... Uh, digital health telemedicine theme, um, you know, we see telemedicine as a way to continue to address the problem of access. Many hospitals are busy. It's tough to get appointments. We are hoping that utilizing telemedicine allows us to create additional access points for our patients. And so in the example that Patrice mentioned, if you came to our after-hours clinic, currently staffed by one physician, and we have a queue of patients, we can utilize our telemedicine physician to continue to see patients remotely and support the physician on site. And that just increases the capacity for that clinic. Um, so that's, that's one way. Um, and we also uh, recently expanded to allow scheduled video visits uh, remotely uh, through emergency medicine, where traditionally uh, scheduled visits are done by primary care physicians. And so for our patients who uh, are discharged from our emergency department, uh, we give them an option if they need to be seen within 72 hours uh, to be seen by a telemedicine emergency physician, but remotely uh, using that same telemedicine physician. And so, again, this allows us to you know, provide on a larger scale uh, access to be seen so that they don't have to come back to the emergency department or if they can't be seen a follow-up in their clinic um, in a timely fashion. Got it. That's really great to hear and definitely um, makes things a lot easier, I'm sure, on your end, too. Uh, Patrice, did you have anything to add there? Um, sure. I would just add uh, an example um, that we take it one step further is in our pediatric emergency department, we have a um, inpatient unit uh, at a different hospital just to, for capacity. Um, it's still run by the, the hospital that we normally uh, reference for our pediatric patients who need to be admitted. However, because those nurses and physicians are a little questionable about patients being sent the distance to this hospital, we often use uh, telehealth so they can visualize the child and ask questions or um, get a sense of just how sick the child is before we send them there. And it's just reassuring for the parents to see their future nurse and uh, physician, and it's reassuring to the staff there that we're sending a stable um, yeah, patient who needs inpatient care to them. 
Um, we are also beginning to uh, develop contracts with outlying emergency departments. So I know when I um, worked at a community hospital, we would receive a very sick child. Uh, you know, I couldn't wait for our sister hospital, the Seal Packard Children's Hospital, to come and, and you know, take care of the child uh, because it, it's just not something you can specialize in when you're a general emergency nurse. And um, we're developing contracts to actually have telehealth so that we can assist um, those outlying hospitals with questions or how to fix maybe a broken line or maybe this child does need to be transferred and we can visualize them through telehealth and do introductions in that, that sense. Got it. Wow, that is super interesting. And it's such a, a great way to make sure that the uh, child and pediatric patients are connected as soon as possible and really feel good about starting their care off right. Um, so, you know, what a great example. And, and two, when you've got things that you want to be doing and, and things that, whether it's digital technology or otherwise, you know, it definitely is helpful to be able to implement those in a timely fashion. But I know that resources can be scarce right now, um, especially for a lot of organizations, whether it's uh, the time of their staff and their clinicians or whether it's financial resources. So, I'd love to hear from you, you know, what you're thinking uh, in terms of um, could be a great investment for hospitals and health systems across the country today, knowing that their resources might be limited. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's a great question. And uh, we know, um, you know, finances are um, certainly a very important uh, consideration when deploying any new program. You know, I think one of the things that um, we thought about in, in justifying or at least uh, looking to invest in our telemedicine um, was uh, um, the scalability. Um, with telemedicine, you know, we felt that it was something that you can scale. So um, in the example uh, that we've been describing, um, for example, on the physician side, um, we have one physician that is uh, seeing patients, but that physician can see patients um, at the pediatric emergency department uh, while also seeing patients at the adult emergency department and also in our walk-in clinic. And so to have one uh, physician uh, to be able to then uh, virtually be available at three different sites um, allows kind of a, a maximal use uh, of that provider's time in terms of coverage and scalability. Um, and so, so that is you know one way we were looking at it. Um, another way in terms of uh, uh, the economics is um, that you know by uh, providing this uh, resource, you could prevent uh, patients who are leaving without being seen, which can be a challenge in many uh, uh, emergency departments. Um, uh, as well as um, you know, doing scheduled vi video visits uh, allows people uh, to be seen at home. So if they uh, don't come to the emergency department, and that allows uh, somebody else that might be sicker uh, to come to an emergency department um, that is not as crowded. So, so those are kind of the ways that you know, we were thinking about in terms of uh, how do you justify it from an economic perspective. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and definitely is important, I'm sure, to share as you're thinking through the strategy and what you really need is kind of how that investment is going to impact uh, the care of patients and really allow the um, health system and emergency department in particular to um, better serve the patients and be more efficient as well. And to Patrice, from your perspective and your vantage um, point, you know, where do you see things as really being um, something that you're excited about and something that's still worth investing in this year? Uh, well, uh, of course, I'm excited about some of the uh, AI uh, coming down. I think that uh, there's also innovations in technology and, and monitoring of patients that are, are being developed 
and will help patients in, in even determining where to where their access point is to the hospital. Uh, currently, we send out little flyers. If you have this, you know, you should go to this clinic. If you have that, you can go to the WIC. If not, you can come to the emergency department. I believe that technology in the future will help us to, as patients even, to determine our best of access to a hospital um, just by putting in symptoms and, and certain parameters of your, your vital signs. Got it. That's so cool to think about. And definitely, I know the AI technology is growing quickly and expanding. And so um, the uses in healthcare, it seems like it certainly could grow over the next few years, and it'll be exciting to see how that happens. Now, I'm wondering if both of you, before we wrap up our conversation, I would love to hear, you know, where you see some of the best opportunities for yourself and your teams to grow and develop over the next couple of years. I think, you know, it's definitely exciting to see where we're at today in medicine, but things are evolving quickly. And so, you know, what do you feel like uh, is the next step for you and your teams? Um, I would say that, um, you know, continuing to think about uh, innovation, you know, telemedicine is just, you know, one uh, small aspect of, you know, when we think about digital health um, and, again, innovation. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, I would look at uh, things like remote patient monitoring uh, because um, that area, I think, has a lot of potential uh, because as it matures, uh, it could potentially shift more care outside of the physical four walls of a hospital. And specifically, you know, we're thinking about hospital at home and some of the uh, remote patient monitoring technologies that could support that. Um, as uh, Patrice also mentioned, uh, AI is is been making the news a lot, um, you know, with uh, ChatGPT and potentially all the downstream versions of it that will intersect with healthcare. And so that's going to be very uh, potentially exciting down down the road uh, in terms of what you know ChatGPT or op- uh, OpenAI or AI can do uh, in decision making um, or triaging. Um, or identifying uh, patients who could be sick or need to be admitted. So I think those are all areas that are uh, very exciting to think about. Absolutely. I I love that. And and thank you so much for expanding upon where you really see that AI technology having a great impact. Um, Patrice, what what is your opinion or where are you seeing uh, your teams grow and develop in the future? Um, I think it it continues with what Dr. Shen said is, you know, really stimulating our, our staff who often do workarounds for um, frustrations they have or, or problems that come up where they can create solutions. And uh, the, the, the staff at the bedside are the best ones to bring forward um, potentially new apps or new technology or new in, innovations. And uh, we've just taken steps within our hospital system to, ha- you know, really encourage those staff to bring forward their ideas and to help develop them. They have the resources to really go out there and develop something that will make it easier um, on the staff and that's on the patients in the future. I love it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it is really great to think about. Thank you so much, Dr. Shen and Patrice, for joining us on the podcast today. I think this has been a really informative discussion um, in leaving me with a lot of exciting things to think about. And I know we're excited to have you both, too, speaking at our Health IT and Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event later this year in October. So, you know, we'll have a lot of robust discussion and definitely follow up on these themes. And it'll be great to see how AI and technology continues to refine what we're doing in healthcare. Great. Thank Thank you. you again for having us.